I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's something we all need to do better. It isn't great speaking, but great listening that matters most. This hour, it's developing a listening heart. Join us as we explore the lessons of listening from multiple faith backgrounds. Here's Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to this General Conference special. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to take a journey to higher ground, common ground, and explore what it means to have a listening heart and how to develop it. We'll take lessons in listening from various faith traditions, including insight from Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, American Greek Orthodox Archbishop, His Eminence Elpidophoros, along with Elders Jeffrey R. Holland and David A. Bednar are the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I've been studying what it means to truly listen. Listening is much more than recognizing sounds, words, and phrases— True listening requires us to spiritually see and sense and come to understand. It mandates that our hearts are as invested in the process as our ears. This is true whether we're listening to a spouse, a child, a friend, discerning the whisperings of the Spirit, or seeking to hear the voice of God. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, former chief rabbi to the United Kingdom, was and remains one of the great moral voices of our day. Before his passing in 2020, I was blessed to conduct an extended interview with him. It would turn out to be one of his last public interviews. And now, despite the absence of his earthly presence, I've been learning from this great rabbi ever since. In fact, it was Rabbi Sachs. He was the one who sent me on this exploratory journey into a listening heart. He begins in the Old Testament with how God wants his children to listen and more. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Vayahim Shema'a Tishmu'et shall come to pass if you surely listen to my commandments, which I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. In other words, the openings of the first and second paragraphs of the Shema. It also appears in the first line of the parasha, Vayahim Tishmu'et shall be if you listen to these laws. The word, of course, is Shema. I've argued elsewhere that it's fundamentally untranslatable into English since it means so many things. To hear, to listen, to pay attention, to understand, to internalize, to respond, and to obey. Time and again, in the last month of his life, Moses told the people, Shema, listen, heed, pay attention, hear what I am saying. 
I learned from Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs that, again, that Hebrew word Shema, often interpreted as listen, has no single translation into English. I think that's significant. No single English word that means to hear, to listen, to heed, to pay attention, to obey. It also means to to understand. When combined, these attributes of spiritual listening provide a powerful path to hearing in a higher and holier way. In the Old Testament, God appeared to King Solomon in a dream and asked him what he would like to be given. Solomon wisely replied, a listening heart. Solomon wanted a listening heart to judge the people. I think the choice of words is significant. Solomon's wisdom was found at least in part in his ability to listen, to hear the emotions beyond the words and behind the words, to sense what was being left unsaid as well as what was being said. In today's world, it is common to find leaders, teachers, and even promoters who speak powerfully, but it is very rare for us to find those who listen deeply. But listening with a listening heart is the beginning of understanding and often makes all the difference. As an apostle, Jeffrey R. Holland has spent his ministry on matters of the heart, from describing broken hearts to offering the answers for healing hearts. So broken hearts, repaired hearts, and listening hearts are all interconnected. I recently sat down with other Jeffrey R. Holland in his office and asked him to share what he has learned in his pondering and reflections about what it means to have a listening heart. It's a wonderful thought, uh, Boyd, and a, and a wonderful question, because I guess there's listening and then there's listening. Um, we, the world is full of a lot of sound. We talk and we hear talk, and there's a lot of chatter. But most of that probably is, maybe that's a listening ear. If we hear it at all, we hear it with our ears. But it's something special, I think, to talk about uh, the heart uh, as a, a, a listening organ and uh, something deeper and uh, quieter uh, more private and more profound and uh, we need to we need to listen more with the heart I'm, I'm just I'm just um, reaffirming and applauding your choice uh, of topics because uh, that's the kind of listening that's that's needed and and deeper and uh, and more profound than uh, than often we have or hear in a in a world so full of noise. I love that Elder Holland described the heart as a listening organ, a listening organ, and that such a heart was important, more important than ever to our relationships and as a critical connector to things human and divine. Rabbi Sachs described why a listening heart in our relationships requires courage, how it shows respects, and how it leads to greater understanding. Listening lies at the very heart of relationship. It means that we're open to the other, that we respect him or her, that their perceptions and feelings matter to us. We give them permission to be honest, even if this means making ourselves vulnerable in so doing. A good parent listens to their child. A good employer listens to his or her workers. A good company listens to its customers or clients. A good leader listens to those he or she leads. Listening doesn't mean agreeing, but it does mean caring. Listening is the climate in which love and respect grow. 
I love that the rabbi said that listening is not necessarily agreeing, but it is caring. That's an important part of listening with the heart. Back to my conversation with Elder Holland, I asked this venerable apostle for something we all could begin to do today to develop a listening heart. And I think we need to find solitude. And ideally, that would be literal solitude. I mean, to be off alone, where things can be quiet and where uh, we can reflect. Um, That's a little hard to do in our day and age. Even if you do go to the mountaintop, you want to go where there's uh, service for your cell phone. Uh, It's really hard to disengage. And I think we need to. I love 19th century uh, American literature and but you have people like Emerson and Thoreau and uh, Emily Dickinson who thrive on solitude, on uh, privacy. That That is not easily obtained. That's not easily pursued right now in the 21st century, busy as we are and as much swirl as there is around us, chatter and talk and electronics. But that's one thing I think we need to do to have a listening heart is get out where you can hear get out where you can listen spiritually speaking if 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 one can't if we if we can't go to a mountaintop or a seashore um then maybe in our own closet if you will uh, something go to our own bedroom or uh, find a private setting even in our own home where things are quiet and uh, i would say even a prayerful climate and and uh, attitude and then feel what we feel, hear what we hear, but that'll be hearing from the heart. I believe it comes from God, or it can if we work at it and want it. Such solitude is the beginning of developing a listening heart. Listening, especially spiritual listening, is becoming such a lost art in our noisy, judgmental, and often argumentative world. Lack of listening keeps us a safe distance from crucial conversations and far away from deeper understanding, greater love, and more inspired solutions. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us today. More to come on this KSL News Radio General Conference special Developing a Listening Heart, the Beginning of Understanding. When we come back, we will explore a vital strategy for developing a listening heart through what Elder David A. Bednar calls the Hearing What Is Not Said principle. Coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Join Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources for deeper insights and elevated dialogue. Listen weekdays from 1 till 3 on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to this General Conference special. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio, weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We're continuing our journey to higher ground and common ground as we explore what it means to have a listening heart and how to develop it. In a recent face-to-face broadcast with young people from around the world, Elder David A. Bednar of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints answered a question from a young man in England 
about how you can come to true understanding of difficult questions and sincere questions in our noisy and divisive world. Elder Bednar described it this way. The understanding comes by the power of the Holy Ghost. Think of the instances in the scriptures where it says, apply thine heart to understanding. Now, that doesn't mean the mind doesn't play a role. It does. But the mind is not enough. When what we know in our mind is confirmed as true in the heart by the power of the Holy Ghost, that is understanding. I love how Elder Bednar points to the need for the mind and the absolute necessity of a listening heart and a receptive heart in order to achieve true and deep understanding. You know, I spent much of my business career speaking about leadership, training executives on strategy, and helping employees create positive corporate cultures. I've addressed crowds from big stages in large arenas as well as in conference rooms and boardrooms around the world. I've seen entire stadiums of people hang on every word from some of the most charismatic and captivating speakers on earth. But Rabbi Sachs taught me, however, that such speaking isn't where transformation actually happens. Crowds are moved by great speakers, but lives are changed by great listeners, whether between us and God or us and other people listening is the prelude to love. That is so important. It isn't great speaking, but great listening that matters most. A speaker who can create space for attendees to listen with their hearts invites inspiration, revelation, and transformation to occur. I actually observed this once in a most amazing way when I followed Elder Bednar to a devotional he was giving in Rexburg, Idaho, in front of over 12,000 college students. Now, typical note-taking for a university student is a stress-inducing, exhaustive experience filled with frenetic attempts to copiously capture everything the teacher is saying. When Elder Bednar stepped to the podium, pens were poised, digital tablets were set to document, and personal note-taking systems were ready to record his message in binders and journals. Then Elder Bednar humbly invited his listeners to do something different. And everything changed. It truly was the beginning of understanding. Now, there was an initial rush to write and capture what Elder Bednar was saying, and I admit I found myself racing to try to keep up. I then watched in amazement as this apostle of Jesus Christ taught those listening to listen different. He cautioned the crowd about how they were approaching their learning of the devotional. Don't write down what I am saying, he said and then conveying his trust in the audience. And with distinct emphasis, he continued, If you are hearing what I am saying, I am failing, and you aren't truly listening. What Elder Bednar was really doing was teaching that there is a pattern to learning with a listening heart. The longer Elder Bednar taught, the fewer dictation-style notes were being taken. Instead, personal impressions, Spiritually customized messages, personal testimony, along with answers to questions known and unknown, were carefully, thoughtfully, and thankfully written. As I looked around the hall, I observed the most intense listening and learning and understanding I had ever witnessed in such a setting. It was a still and silent edification of all. Those in attendance were developing 
a listening heart. In his book, The Spirit of Revelation, Elder Bednard described this as the hearing what is not said principle. As Sister Bednar and I meet with church members and missionaries, we often recommend that they not write down anything we say. In addition, I often state that I hope the members of the congregation or class will never remember any of the things that we might present. Instead, I suggest that during the time we are together, they should pay very close attention to the thoughts that come to their minds and the feelings that come to their hearts by the power of the Holy Ghost. The notes that they write should be simple, brief, and focused upon those thoughts and feelings, and not upon the comments we make. These instructions many times are received with disbelief because they contradict the well-established tradition of taking copious notes about the content of a teacher's or a speaker's message. Elder Bednar continues with the difference between dictating a history, the way ancient kings would record on large metal plates, and recording the impressions of the heart the way a prophet would on very small plates. When our note-taking is focused upon recording the statements of a teacher or speaker, then we in essence are writing upon large plates, recording the history of the class or meeting. But when we jot down notes and reminders about what we are learning individually and personally by the power of the Holy Ghost, then we are writing the things of our souls on small plates. Elder Bednar went on to caution that dictation from the mind can actually prevent us from listening with the heart. Focusing primarily and exclusively upon the content of a teacher's or speaker's message may, in fact, distract us from the impressions and answers God is sending to us by the power of His Spirit. The spiritual capacity to hear what is not said requires more than simply attending a class or a meeting and expecting the instruction or preaching to fill our spiritual fuel tanks. Rather, we need to be anxiously engaged in an iterative pattern of asking, seeking, knocking, listening, and acting. The principle of hearing what is not said is crucial to developing a listening heart and is indeed the beginning of understanding. When we come back, we'll look at models for developing a listening heart with more of my conversation with Elder Jeffrey R. Holland and my exclusive interview with American Greek Orthodox Archbishop, His Eminence Elpidophoros. I'm Boyd Matheson. Stay with us for more of this General Conference special here on KSL News Radio. It's something we all need to do better. It isn't great speaking, but great listening that matters most. This hour, it's Developing a Listening Heart. Join us as we explore the lessons of listening from multiple faith backgrounds. Here's Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to this General Conference special. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are continuing our journey to higher ground and common ground as we explore what it means to have a listening heart, how to develop it, and how it really is the beginning of understanding. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland and I continued our conversation about listening with the heart as he reflected on the importance of the word hearken. I'll confess to you in a sweet uh, honorable way that it's made me think more about uh, listening with my heart. Um, 
we have a set of scriptures in, in our church labeled the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church, a nice title, um, Doctrine being what you know and covenants being what you do. And uh, I think uh, righteous living is made up of what you know and what you do. Um, but those, I, I've been intrigued, partly because of your question and your your uh, invitation. I've been intrigued with how many of the chapters, the sections of the Doctrine and Covenants begin with the word hearken. Uh, I didn't count them up. Sometime I might, but I had not been as aware of that uh, or hadn't remembered it at least until you've asked uh, this question. Elder Holland took hearken even deeper by saying that absent a listening heart, nothing that is taught, nothing that is read or declared will really have much impact or truly be understood. First word, the, the first invitation, the first declaration is uh, uh, listen to me, yeah, hear me. The, it, it's almost always the word hearken. Translate that any way you want or interpret it any way you want. But uh, none of this, none of this revelatory experience is going to matter unless unless people listen to it, unless people absorb it and uh, and take it down into the heart, not just the ears. It has to be deeper and more profound. And God is pleading, I think, day after day and person after person for people to listen wants all of us to hearken. I was recently privileged to sit down with His Eminence Archbishop Elpido Foros from the Greek Orthodox Church of America when he visited Salt Lake City. He taught me something very important about how we will be judged, not by superficial action, but truly by what our hearts have become. We need to remember what our Lord Jesus Christ said while describing the final judgment. And he was saying that when he will come back again, in his second coming, judging the world and discerning people who deserve heaven and people who don't deserve heaven, he will ask questions like, I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. I was naked and you clothed me. Things that we sometimes forget. He he will not ask who attended the church services every Sunday, uh, who fasted or who did not fast, or other things that we value more in our days. So he is, in this, uh, uh, in this aspect, more revolutionary than we think and than we are. And he is showing us the way how to deal with each other, how to respect the human person without any uh, prejudices and without any other ideas of discerning people and distinguishing to categories that they don't deserve it. All human persons are human, are God's creation. I love how the Archbishop Elpido Foros described Jesus as a revolutionary, a revolutionary for his focus not on outward acts or appearances, but on this idea that Christ expects us to live with a listening heart as we interact with each other. Returning to my conversation with Elder Holland, I asked him what he's learned as an apostle and disciple of Christ and to describe the way Jesus would show us how to use and deploy a listening heart in our daily lives. He would hear the real message. He would see the real you. He would find uh, the child of God somewhere inside that sinner, maybe the most obvious 
story of all would be the woman taken in adultery. Everybody else ready to stone her, everybody else uh, ready to be critical because it seems so obvious. Here's a woman in sin, let's stone her. But he's seeing or hearing or feeling something deeper. He sees beyond the, the immediate challenge and sees her in purity and the way her father in heaven would see her, sends her on her way, acknowledges that she is transgressed but, and tells her not to do it anymore. We sometimes forget that. But he is listening. He is hearing something deeper and sweeter and uh, holier. When he called the, when he called his 12 fishermen here, and Paul was a tent maker, later call of a different kind. Matthew the publican, I mean, kind of the social pariah. Here's, here's somebody who works for the Romans, for Pete's sake. But he's, whether you call that seeing deeper or hearing deeper or feeling deeper, whatever, is something down in his heart that he recognizes that other people might not. And we need to be more like that and see people, see the, see the best in them, see what they could be. That's, that's a function of the heart. Elder Holland recently described the listening heart of President Russell M. Nelson. Now, the prophet has a unique connection to all things of the heart. Elder Holland described it this way, saying, Russell M. Nelson is very, very good at listening to us. We who sit with him every day have learned the value of listening very carefully to him. Elder Holland was truly uh, having a front row seat, and he's seen it many times with President Nelson, seeing the prophet's example. He's witnessed the prophet's listening heart, bringing about the beginning of understanding. I've watched him, I've literally watched, I mean, with, with my eyes, I have watched him handle questions, handle issues uh, where, you know, these are important matters. They, um, maybe a lot of different opinions being expressed. And he, he's listening to that. He's absorbing that. And, and uh, I think universally, with, I think without exception, certainly on anything important, he is not inclined to respond quickly. But I think what he's uh, doing is letting things settle in his mind and into his heart and uh, avoiding quick response. Some of us, the rest of us maybe, might be too given to uh, the quick answer or the uh, immediate response or I have to say something so I'll say X. But uh, he will uh, be quiet. He'll, he'll uh, reflect. We're sort of there waiting, anxious to hear what what he might say or a decision that he might make and we'll wait for a while or he will ask rather than respond with a with an answer he'll ask another question and and want more uh, data want more information more to reflect on and he's getting it into his soul he's getting it into his heart that's at least one thing that i've learned from him is don't answer so quickly don't uh, Make it so superficial, and uh, let it uh, let it be more from the heart. Let it uh, let it be deeper. When we come back, we'll conclude this general conference special on KSL News Radio with an extraordinary example from Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs of applying a listening heart to those you disagree with, and how such listening builds bridges of friendship that lead to the beginning of understanding. Elder Holland will also describe how a broken heart can help you develop a listening heart and guide you to greater understanding. 
Join Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources for deeper insights and elevated dialogue. Listen weekdays from 1 till 3 on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to this General Conference special. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio, weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We're continuing our journey to higher ground and common ground as we explore what it means to have a listening heart, how we can develop it, and how it will lead us to understanding. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs shared with me shortly before he passed away in 2020 an experience he had with a devout atheist, Amos Oz. I was amazed at how this rabbi and an atheist could not only engage in elevated dialogue, but actually become friends. It showed me what living with a listening heart actually looks like. Well, first and foremost, we have to take the people who disagree with us and respect them. People whose views are completely different and even opposed to mine have also thought things through. And I want to be able to say to them, you know what, we may completely differ on almost everything, but you're a human being and I respect that. And I hope you respect the fact that I'm a human being. I'm a religious leader. Amos Oz was one of the greatest novelists in the world. And he was a huge, huge atheist. And we um, took it as a task just to get to know Amos Oz and befriend them, despite the fact that they rejected almost everything that I hold sacred. Out of that engagement came the most beautiful friendships in my life when I went for the first time to Amos Oz. And people said to me, you know, what are you going to do, convert him? Um, And I said, no, I'm going to do something much better than that. I'm going to listen to him. So, you know, I think all the divisions that currently exist in society have gone far, far too far. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it'll be easy to reverse any of them. It won't be. But there is none of them that cannot be reversed because all it really needs is openness, respect, and a willingness to honor people with views not like your own. I love that he wasn't going there to convert this atheist, but he was going to do something far more important. He was going to listen to him and show respect. Uh, That's a listening heart. That's the beginning of understanding. Finally, Elder Holland describes why he has spent so much of his ministry focused on hearts, broken hearts in particular, and how having a broken heart can be the starting point for developing a listening heart and the beginning of understanding. It does seem that I repeatedly return to the struggler, the wounded, the broken, and I have spent a good portion, I guess, of my ministry trying to help people understand that that some of that is part of the cycles of life. Uh, We have uh, broken clouds to nourish the earth. We have broken earth to grow grain. We we have broken grain to make bread. I mean, the breaking and and healing and renewing is part of a cycle that we see in nature. And so I kind of try to hope and help uh, people understand that if there's a, a broken dream here or a broken hope there, that those get repaired. We present them to, to God, as it were, on the altar, and, and we're apologetic that it's in not very good shape. It doesn't it doesn't look like you wanted it to look. It's tattered here and broken there and cracked all about. 
but uh, he can he can fix all of that. He renews it and returns it. Certainly, that's the spirit of the promise of the resurrection. We, we not only get back a body in this case, but we get back a perfected body. It, it's better than it was. It isn't. Not only is the broken part fixed, it's uh, it's renewed. It's it's better and and higher and I uh, holier. And I think uh, I'm. I spend some time in, in my sermons trying to have people see that through. Hang on, um, finish it out, uh, broken or not, and uh, with the magic, the marvel, the wonder of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you you get everything back better. And uh, I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. So as we recognize our own brokenness, it does become much easier for us to have not just broken hearts, but listening hearts. We also have to make sure and be careful not to let the noise of our minds overpower the whispers of our hearts. Listening with the heart is a strengthening spiritual act, and I think it's the highest form of respect we can ever show towards anyone else. Heart-led rather than head-led, listening reflects our determination to live as disciples of Jesus and love one another as He loves us. Such listening, a listening heart, will enable us to see each other deeply, even as He sees us, and compassionately lift each other as we continue along life's path. Thanks for listening to this General Conference special, Developing a Listening Heart, The Beginning of Understanding, on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources. As always, remember that as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.